Hey, and welcome back to Ancient Ways for Modern Days. Excited to have you join me as today we are in Acts chapter 22, but actually we are kind of still in Acts chapter 21. You see, yesterday we, we talked a little bit about Acts chapter 21, and we, we saw that Paul was heading, heading to Jerusalem. He, he was going uh, on his journey, wherever the, whatever the cost, so that he could share the gospel. And so he has made his way to Jerusalem, and still in Acts chapter 21, he has gone through some rituals for purification and fulfillment of a vow. And this is where I want to pick up in Acts chapter 21. And we're going to look at a few passages that just kind of follow the story until we get to what I want us to consider in Acts chapter 22 as we think about the, the ancient way for our modern day. And so let's jump right in. And, and I should say, you know, this is going to be a twofer. I know that I said, uh, you know, Acts 21 was yesterday, but you're finding it in your, in your uh, YouTube or in your podcast player today. Uh, the end of last week just got really busy and I did not get the Friday video out. And so uh, this is a little bit of catch up, but it's also uh, great timing because 21 and 22 and the connections we're going to make work really well together. And so you get two videos today, even though you didn't get one on Friday. That said, let's jump back into Acts chapter 21. And, and here's what we find. Beginning in verse verses 27, 28, and we're going to kind of just look at a few verses and then skip ahead just to follow the story. So here's what we have. It says, when the seven days, this is of their, their vow and of purification, when the seven days were almost completed, the Jews from Asia, seeing him in the temple, stirred up the whole crowd and laid hands on him. Now remember, they're in Jerusalem. These are the Jews from the surrounding areas where Paul has been a missionary. The, these are the Jews that would tr tr chase him out of different cities because of his proclamation of the gospel, and they have followed him to Jerusalem. So they laid hands on him, crying out, Men of Israel, help! This is the man who is teaching everyone everywhere against the people and the law and this place. This is, the, this is public enemy number one. This is the man working his way throughout the known world. And, and look at what they're accusing him of teaching. They're saying, you are against us. They're missing the point that he's teaching the gospel. They're missing the point that he's he's speaking of Jesus. They're just they're just aiming all of their hatred at Paul because of the implications of the gospel and and the the critique of really the Jewish people missing Christ as the Messiah. They say moreover, he even brought Greeks into the temple and has defiled this holy place. Now they they, they say that he brought Greeks into the temple because they, they saw a Greek person with him previously. They, they didn't actually see Paul do this because this is not something Paul did. But let's keep going. Skip ahead to, to chapter 21 still, verses 37 through 40. It says, As Paul was being brought into the barracks, he said to the tri tribune, May I say something to you? And he said, Do you know Greek? Are, are you the Egyptian then who recently stirred up a revolt and led 4,000 men of assassins out into the wilderness? So here, here's the deal. The tribune in, in Jerusalem thinks that Paul is someone that Paul is not. And uh, he's surprised that Paul could speak Greek, the, the lingua franca of the day, right? And so verse 39 says, Paul replied, I am a Jew from Tarsus in Cilicia, a citizen of no obscure city. This is him saying, I'm a Roman citizen. Like, uh, this is a big deal. He says, I, I beg you, permit me to speak to the people. 
And when he had given him permission, Paul, standing on the steps, motioned with his hand to the people. And when there was a great hush, he addressed them in the Hebrew language. He starts speaking to them in the, in the Hebrew language. And what Paul ends up doing, it says saying, what you have now is Paul ends up giving his testimony, his story of being uh, against the gospel, against Jesus Christ, his story of wanting nothing to do with Christ and actually being a persecutor, his story of Jesus appearing uh, to him on the road to Damascus, Paul's radical conversion and an intense calling. Uh, he shares all of this and he's talking about Christ but then I want you to see what happens. Chapter 22 now, verses 21 through 24. And he said, uh, and he said to me, this is Jesus speaking to Paul, go for I will send you far away to the Gentiles. So up to this point, the people are, they're listening, they're focused, they're, they're giving him attention. And then it says, verse 22, up to this word, they listen to him. Then they raise their voices. What, what word is the word that gets them all riled up? The word Gentiles. These Jewish folks, when they, they're tracking with everything Paul is saying until Paul proclaims that he has been called to preach the gospel to those who are not like them. Then they raise their voices and said, Away with such a fellow from the earth, for he should not be allowed to live. And as they were shouting and throwing off their cloaks and flinging dust into the air, the tribune ordered him to be brought into the barracks, saying that he should be examined by flogging to find out why they were shouting against him like this. Now, what ends up happening is uh, Paul gets stretched out. He's ready to take the beating. And then he says, you really want to do this? I'm a Roman citizen. And this this basically slams the brakes on the, the, the impending torture because uh, to, to flog a Roman citizen without a trial would be a great, uh, a great mistake. It would be against the law. That aside, what is the point of connecting these dots today? What is our ancient way for our modern day? Here's what I would like us to do today. I just want us to think clearly and stare directly into the role that partiality can play in the human heart. I want us to realize the propensity that mankind has to, to have such an allegiance to those who are like us that we can become blind with hatred and rage and murderous intent when something like this happens. When, when Paul's speaking Hebrew to them, they're tracking. When they think Paul is playing for their team, they're tracking when they think Paul is, is one who is, understands that the Jewish people are God's chosen, chosen people and, and they, they, they're under the impression that, that there's a superiority of the Jewish people and Paul is in line with them, they're tracking. When Paul begins to proclaim that grace is extended to those who are not like them, that God's favor is extended to those who are not like them, that God's love is equally extended to those who are not like them, they lose their mind. How, how can God love them like God loves us? Now, this is not a difficult connection to make in our modern world. 
But we live in a modern world where there are all sorts of ethnic tensions. And we need to think very clearly and very soberly about them. We live in a world where the word racist is used constantly. You're told that you're racist just automatically if, if you have skin that is light. You're told that you're a victim automatically of racism if you have skin that is dark. It, it's easy for us to be trained to think in these ways. And oftentimes these ways, they cause more division than unity. And so let's speak clearly into this for, for just a moment today. Our ancient way for our modern day. Well, let's just speak clearly. Let's remember something right off the bat. That everyone is, is created in the image of God. The, the different tones of skin color, it is just a reflection of God's creative work in our lives. One is not better than the other. One is not inferior and another superior. All are equally made in the image of God. Here's what that means for the believer in Jesus. The believer in Jesus should have no partiality whatsoever when it comes to ethnic identity, when it comes to any other external marker we can put on it. We should not have... Uh, these kind of uh, partiality against people who are not of the same gender. We should not have partiality against people that are not of the same age or the same economic level that we exist in, that people that don't have the same talents, people that don't have the same interests, people that don't like the same sports teams. Listen, we should baseline recognize the inherent value and worth in every human being as they're made in the image of God. And we should... We should be very careful to guard our hearts. We see in this story how quickly partiality sprung out of the hearts of, of these people. We should examine our own hearts to, to make sure there's no room for partiality whatsoever. We should be those within the church that, that we do not judge based on the externals. But instead, we very clearly call one another to belief in the gospel to, to a recognition that everyone sins, that everyone has rebelled against God, that everyone is in need of grace, and that God's grace is available to anyone and everyone who will believe in the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. This is, this is such a simple, clear message. Sometimes we get it all tangled in the weeds. We, we're, we, we are those who don't show partiality based on the externals. That's the baseline. That's the baseline. And so the ancient way for the modern day, for you, for I, for, for, for me, for us today, we just, we should probably take a moment and, and prayerfully go to the Lord and say, Lord, would you reveal to me any place in my heart where I am being partial, where I am, where I am giving advantage to those who are like me simply because of the externals? And Lord, will you help me to be like, uh, like Paul? who was sent to those who were not like him. His whole life he was trained to do ministry to those who were like him, and then God called him to those who were not like him. Would you be sensitive to that? Would you be aware of the opportunities God puts in your life? Would you be careful not to be uh, given to the sin of partiality? That's the ancient way for our modern day today. It is so needed in the church. It is so vital. And listen, we have, we have the gospel 
that bridges all of these ethnic divides. We have the upper hand, honestly, in a world that is trying to figure out how do we deal with all these race, race, racial issues. Listen, we have the solution. We have the gospel of Jesus Christ. The church, the church because of Christ, we have the answer.